I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. FM 104's Room 104 podcast with Cormac Moore and Sir Shalong. You're listening to Room 104 on this beautiful Thursday, Halloween. I was, I was about to say Halloween Eve. It's Halloween. It is Halloween. Like people are <laughs> trick or treating tonight. Well, they're probably finished by now. Uh, yeah, I don't even know what the, what the time limits are for that. No. Uh, we're doing a special kind of a Halloween themed show for Room 104 this evening if you do want to get in touch anything that we should note that's going around the city you can give us a shout 0876797104 but now we're talking to somebody who uh, struck up some sort of relationship pen pal friendship yeah friendship with uh, somebody that is on death row and it's fascinating she's going to tell us a little bit more about it now Angel Cullinan how are you? I'm well thank you how are you Cormac? Uh, very good very intrigued to know why and how you got involved with writing to somebody on death row? Yeah, sure. So I suppose uh, the background to it would be mostly curiosity. Um, I was in the north where I'm from and we're travelling around and we're driving past McGillian Prison and I thought, I wonder what it's like for the people inside there. One, It was such a contrast. It was such a beautiful day and such a stark building and such a different life. And I suppose I was really curious and interested to know what it would have been like to be in there. And so I inquired to see if I could speak to somebody, you know, learn a bit, see what it's like to live their life. It was less about the crime as such or their life beforehand and more about the experience of living and being in prison. But it turns out that you can't write to somebody um, in an Irish prison or Northern Irish prison unless you know them. Oh. But in yeah, I know. So um, I did some research and I came across a charity called Lifeline. And the nature of the charity is that they connect you with people who want to be written to and they are on death row. So that's, you know, the name of the charity, Lifeline. And really, it's about... Um, a connection, um, a reason for them to write to someone and maybe you'll find something about them. Maybe it's just support. Maybe it's just to kind of uh, strike up a pen pal. Maybe you'll become friends. You don't really know. I mean, for me, it was more, do I want to commit to this? Because it was a lot, lot more intense than, say, having a pen pal from someone who maybe hadn't committed such a, a heinous or kind of traumatic crime, something yeah. that was very serious. You know, I mean, it was a completely different kind of commitment. And as they'll tell you when you join, you have to be over 18. And also you have to consider it as a serious commitment. If you decide to write to somebody on death row, and let's say, for example, as in some of the circumstances, they don't have anybody else to write to, you are committing your time to do that. You can't just give up because you get bored or you decide you don't want to do mm, it or yeah. it's not in your interest anymore. So you know, there's a commitment that you have to think about, and I did. And at the time, I was only about maybe 19 or 20, and I 
thought um, you know, am I too young and other people had other opinions about it but in the end I decided look this is something I don't really understand I don't really know about it's quite taboo we only hear the like true crime podcasts out there and all these kind of like hyped up versions of what goes on in the criminal justice system in the US and what's involved and really I suppose there was a huge part of me that wanted to understand the person side of it you know who that person was and so I signed up and you're you're linked in with somebody you don't choose or anything like that um, and then from that point onwards I have been writing um, somebody on death row for how long? so since 2014, 15, sort of probably for probably about four years or yeah, probably about four years now. And so who did you end up connecting with? So a man in Florida um, that I write to um, and he has been on death row for 25 years. And what did he do? Do you know? Um, he, he committed a heinous crime and I think um, just just out of respect for for probably also anybody who's been ex- had awful traumatic experiences or anybody who's um, ever ever kind of come up against any kind of hardship and I don't really want to go into the nature of it but it was a heinous crime it, it obviously and because he's on death row involved in murder and the nature and the circumstances of the murder were incredibly heinous and very traumatic and um, um, it was perpetrated against um, an older person and it was it was it was quite hard to hear you know it was very hard to hear the nature of the crime it does make it more difficult you know if you're striking up a pen pal kind of relationship you have to put it to the side in some ways because it's not about understanding their crime it's not about understanding did they do it don't they do it should they be there shouldn't they it's really just building a pen pal relationship with that person now for for me this sounds really i don't know scary or uncomfortable because as you said whoever you're paired with on death row is there for not it's not like they got clamped and didn't pay the release fee and now they're up in court didn't pay their tv license this is Mm. the worst of the worst of the worst how, how did you kind of square that in your own head and, and put that horrifically bad crime that they committed to one side and just... Well, I'll tell you how. They've been given the biggest judgment of their lives. You know, they. I'm not there to judge. They have committed a horrendous crime. They have been charged and convicted and they're going. their life is going to be taken as punishment for that. So there's no threat to me and I'm not there to judge. So I was curious to learn more about what it was like for that person to be on death row, what it was like for them to be in prison, what it's like day to day. And so it was less about the crime and more about his life now and what it's like to be in prison. As I said at the beginning of this journey, I was interested to learn more about what that was like, you know, versus the interest in criminology or true crime. You know, that wasn't, that certainly wasn't my interest anyway. And there is that kind of safety net where it comes to yourself because you can, I know you're saying that you shouldn't be deciding not to write back or that kind of thing and they're never going to be released. I agree, sir. Yeah, that's correct. You know, there is that safety net. And also, I mean, this is, this is an organised system. You know, I didn't just take a notion and pick somebody. It does not work that way. This is through a charity and they vet and coordinate the process, you know, and and yes, of course, I mean, it could have potentially been much more dangerous if there were a system to write to somebody who's in prison who will be released, you know, and I hadn't even thought of that initially. I mean, this was just 
uh, curiosity. And actually, the more that um, I went down this road, the more I realised that maybe writing to somebody who wasn't ever going to be released, who was effectively going to leave that prison dead, you know, that, yeah. that you know, it was it was so much less about me and how it would impact me, although it did have an impact on me because the gravity of the crime, you know, the nature of committing to writing to somebody, you know, it is actually, it is a responsibility, you know, it is. Um, c- can I ask you then, what have you learned about the person you're, like, what's his name? Well, his name is Mr. John Hoffman. And I learned about him through what he told me. Mm. So um, I didn't learn very much other than the basic details of, you know, the crime he committed and his name and his age and obviously how long he's been in prison for. So he chooses to tell me what he chooses to tell me in the same way that I would choose to tell him what I choose to tell him. And I sort of saying, you know, I'm not really massively interested in all the details of the crime per se, because that's not why I chose to write. To him in the first place, so it's more just about trying to learn about who he is now, where he came from, you know. But um, I will note that his IQ is quite low. I mean, that's been formally recognised, and so it makes the letter writing quite limiting. Because in some ways, when you've been writing somebody for four years, you think you would develop maybe a greater understanding of how they think about things. But actually, he's quite an interesting person in lots of ways and how he's learned kind of languages and phrases and you know like signing off and greetings and they're all quite formal and it's quite interesting because you would think after a while that it would become informal but it's all very proper and proper handwriting and I only learned later you know that he does have quite a low IQ and it sort of makes sense it's like maybe a much younger person learning to write a letter for the first time or something but obviously he does share information about day-to-day and his case and this and that, which is obviously more than you would do if you didn't know somebody. But it's in quite a stilted, uh, limiting way, just in how he communicates. So, yeah, I mean, what, what, what do you talk about with... There's yeah. someone on death row. Like, what what yeah. what information did you give to him, and what is he giving yeah. to you? And and what what would your the state of your relationship be like if that's one way of putting it? I, I did have a trouble with this actually. This sort of is it relationship, and I don't know if it is. You know, it, it's, I suppose it's, I suppose it is in some form, but it's a we write to one another. We're pen pals. You know, it's it's not like you're developing this. Certainly, from my from my perspective, maybe other people feel differently, but it doesn't feel like you're developing this really close relationship or anything. It's sort of like a, you know you're learning bits about the day to day so for example you're learning initially I was learning about you know what does he do every day I mean he's in his cell 23 hours a day so he works mainly on his case so we talk and have done about his case and the proceedings for his case a lot um, so he represents himself which a lot of men who are on death row for a long period of time do because on average somebody who represents themselves and um, will live longer on death row they'll still be um, killed by the state but they'll be living on longer on death row because they're more likely to appeal more often they're more likely as he would say fight for his own life harder than anybody else would but obviously doesn't want to be on death row he wants to have life imprisonment for what he did he doesn't you know he he doesn't want to be killed as you wouldn't but it's not about denying the crimes or talking about any of that he just talks about the kind of legality and the process and the justice system and how that works for him and then for me I share information like what I do in my job and, you know, kind of like, you know, my personal circumstances up until a point, you know, you're not yeah. revealing 
massive amounts of information. And as I said before, it's quite limiting in some ways because it's not like you're revealing all. I wouldn't want to reveal all, but you share bits and pieces of information, what's going on at the time, finishing college, graduating, getting a job. And his response to that is just sort of like, oh, well done. And, you know, that's great for you. I'm so pleased that you've done this. And you know, he talks about other pen pals he has because he has three people that he writes to through the similar system and, you know, previous people that he's written to having been on death row for so long. He had somebody that he wrote to for quite some time and then they passed away. So it's actually quite interesting to see how he's built relationships with people yeah. effectively that he's never met. They're always limited, obviously, because you don't really know the person and the relationship. There's a power imbalance because even though he's signed up for this charity, you know, we've chosen to write to him and we actually have the power to find much more about him than he does about us. I sort of felt a responsibility not to inquire too much separate to what he was telling me because at the end of the day, I'm not there to judge him and find out every single piece of information. I- when you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Wanted it to be a wee bit more um, kind of equal as much as it could be and that whatever he chose to share with me is whatever I find out. And do you find that you're kind of uh, caring about him? You're thinking about him... I would struggle to say that the relationship isn't that of that nature. It's not like you'd, you know. But I mean, like anything, another person's life, in my opinion, like with anybody, I mean, is of value. And although he committed a completely horrendous and heinous crime. For me, it's sort of like, you know, I fundamentally disagree with the death penalty. I don't think that it works well because you're just killing somebody for killing somebody. And I don't think it makes sense. I don't think you rehabilitate a person or a society. I mean, I understand the deterrent there. If you kill someone, the potential is that you'll be killed. And, but I'm not sure how functional it is. And there's a lot of grouping, especially in America, where obviously it's practiced that are fighting and railing against it in that state of Florida. So I suppose on a fundamental level, I care that people aren't killed by other people, him included, and the crime he committed, you know. But I wouldn't want to see him killed. But I know the nature of the crime. A lot of people would feel that, right? You know, mm. I, I would disagree with personally the death penalty. But, you know, it's, it's less about like, oh, I, I care about his every 
feeling and emotion. It's more about on a fundamental level of life and death and murder and killing, you know. Yeah. Were you nervous the first letter you got from him? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I didn't know what it was going to entail, you know, what his language would be like. But I suppose there's part of it. He chose to be part of the charity. So, you know, he knew it wasn't some random. Well, it was a random stranger writing. But, you know, I was he had signed up for it. So I suppose and also he has other pen pals. He knows how it goes or he had a procedure or a process that he'd followed learning about somebody just through letters having never met them so yeah I so think do, do, it was do, you write scary, to, do you write to him first or does he write to you first do you know what I can't remember because he's I'm just trying to think now I wrote to him because they give you right yeah he, he obviously they wouldn't they wouldn't proceed to give somebody my details I have to choose that so they provide the information because the, the person has signed up for the charity yeah, yeah. They, send, they send me his his details and then I sent her there and I think it was just like hello you know I've signed up mm. to this charity and I hope that you will consider writing back to me I'm curious to find out what it's like etc etc and it was a very slow burn thing initially because the letters took up to two or three weeks to send back and forth it's not like a normal conversation letter writing is actually like a dying art I think yeah, yeah. <laughs> and is there any openness to call him or to go no 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 not on the cards i suppose because i didn't sign up for that yeah you know could you is that possible can you call these people who are on death row yes i mean if they choose to share that their contact details with you i mean that's their prerogative and and yours if you choose to um do that but i mean it's mainly for i imagine for family members you know why i mean i would you know that wouldn't be on the cards but i was saying that actually quite recently they've set up an electronic mailing system so instead of it being letters you write via like an email now which is actually quite different and that's only been the last sort of three months or so so it's a different thing altogether How often are you sending him letters? I'm going to say the minute maybe once every couple of months Okay, okay so, so not very frequent but still, No like, and it's, it's not here. like a, it's not like a, you know a consistent Mm. open dialogue of loads of information or anything like that. I suppose it's just keeping up to date. Like, it's more like a, how are you getting on? How are things on your case? And similar for me, how's your life going? You know, yeah. what are you doing? How are you getting on? And I suppose for somebody who doesn't really have, you know, like friendship or relationship like you or I would on a daily basis, a letter every now and then from two, three or four people isn't a lot, you know. But I mean, I think it's probably more than maybe some other people would have as well, you know. Yeah. What have your, I suppose, family and friends made of this decision for you to be in communication with somebody um, like a murderer on death row? Yeah, they were afraid for sure and there was questions over it but they understood my motivations. I think I mean, let's be real here there are so many misconceptions about the nature of pen pal relationships. I mean, it's been done time memorial about, you know oh, it must be romantic in nature and you hear of all these women and um, I mean, I don't know how real that is like the reality of that of women writing to men on death row because they're on death row or men writing to men in prison because they're mm. in prison I mean that clearly wasn't my motivation and my family knew that and they understood really wanted to find out more to say they weren't afraid would be untrue of course they were concerned but I suppose they understood the nature of it they understood it was done properly through a charity and they supported me once I started and I suppose curiosity as well I mean they were curious to understand what that was like and to learn about my experience writing letters to somebody as well. It's a definitely a very interesting conversation starter. Fascinating, yeah, <laughs> it is. It doesn't come up too often now. Yeah. Are you uh, are you in a relationship with anyone? Yes. Uh, they don't get jealous or anything of your... Uh... <laughs> 
<laughs> your pen pal no, relationship. No. Why no. don't you write to me? Yeah. God, I'll have to start sending him postcards now. Too. I know. You'll be getting very jealous. And would he ever send you any um, gifts or anything? Or do you send him no, anything? No. No. Okay. So it's just, just letters. Just every letters. Well, as I said, now it's basically emails, you know, which is actually, I have to say, I really enjoy writing a letter. Mm. I think it's, you take time out to do it. You have to think about what you're going to say. I mean, we're all used to sending a million and one emails a day. And, you know, now, in a sense, it feels a little bit like an extension to that. So, I mean, I could still choose to write a letter, but it's more convenient this way. So, yeah. Can I ask you, so just before we kind of let you go, and I appreciate your time this evening, Angel, um, does he have a date for his execution? No. So, I'm not sure how au fait you were or are with the current situation in America and in some states. There's been a lot of backlash against the way these executions are taking place, okay? Mm. So the kinds of drugs used and the methods used, there's been toing and froing on what the next steps will be. There was a huge delay and then a halting altogether and the drugs stopped being produced because it's by lethal injection. And so there hasn't actually been a date set because of all these different kinds of systemic issues. But as well as that, as I mentioned previously, he's been appealing. So it's a combination of both has has meant that there's no date set as such for his execution. But I suppose the next stage, I mean, he's got to the end of his appeals. He's been there for 25 years. There's been lots of things going on recently. It probably, I mean, who knows? I do not have a grasp on the American justice system, let alone death row and how that works. But I imagine the next update now, this is my limited knowledge and understanding, yeah. will be a more solid kind of update on either if it's going to happen, you know, soon or maybe a date but I mean that seems to be the next step for him in terms of what news he's going to get you know and if he was ultimately executed how do you think you'd feel that's a really interesting question and I don't know but I think a few people have asked me that myself when I started like why would you write to somebody first of all <laughs> and also what are you going to do if he dies and will you be upset and yeah. I can't I don't I don't know I mean it's a bizarre thing it's like you don't really know this person but you've built this pen pal thing with him knowing from the outset that they're life was going to be taken. I mean, as I said before, I fundamentally disagree with the death penalty. So on that level, it's a real shame to think that this is how crimes are dealt with in one way and in one aspect. But I don't actually know how I'd feel personally. It's a bit of a weird one. It's sort of like a something in my life that was there, like a process, like a, yeah. a ritual I'd be doing in every couple of months would be gone. It would be something I'd really think on. I think it would be, it'd be I would... I suppose I'd be forced to think a lot about and, you know, would I do it again? You know, would I choose to be part of the charity in the future? It's fascinating. I have no other words to say. But yeah, thank you for your time. No problem at all. Thanks Thanks for listening. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.